The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, I am so ready. I'm so psyched for today's show. I know you know that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because we're talking about two of my favorite all-time topics, marketing and cannabis. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So I'm excited. um, And we're going to be talking to Celeste Miranda, who is... She is a successful entrepreneur, advocate, and pioneer of the cannabis industry. She started the Cannabis Marketing Lab, which is what it sounds like. It does digital marketing for cannabis startups, which is really cool. And it's a one-stop shop. Um, And yeah, she also publishes a magazine and does a radio show and has time to volunteer um, for the Cannabis Cultural Association and also Cannamami. And she also founded MC4MS, a nonprofit with the mission to push policymakers to loosen federal restrictions on testing cannabis for its medical benefits and treating symptoms of multiple multiple sclerosis. So that's a lot. That was a mouthful, but I'm so excited to welcome Celeste Miranda to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the um, Cannabis Marketing Lab um, and how you started it. Well, first of all, I am so happy that it's your two favorite things, Liz. Oh, my gosh. That makes <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should have said that. So much easier. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I oh, well, yes. <laughs> you know, it was interesting because I, I think that most of the pioneers in this industry on the business end of it got into it kind of by happenstance, and, and it was interesting, and mine is one of the same cases. I, uh, I've had my traditional marketing firm for uh, over 10 years, and about six years ago, a grow light came to me. And it was interesting because it wasn't really being considered a grow light at the time. It was a light that this um, this uh, startup had developed. They were out of Southern California. And this light completely duplicated the sun. And so mm. it was being used. The government was using it in submarines to provide, quote, unquote, natural sunlight and that type of thing. Well, these guys said, you know, if this duplicates the sun it should be able to grow, you know, vegetables and all this as well. And so wow. we took it, and it was an extremely successful campaign. And, you know, if you have a light like that, you know what people are going to use it for. So that's 
what threw me into the cannabis industry. It was extremely successful, and after that, um, I had several cannabis companies come to me that wanted us to handle their marketing, and um, mm-hmm. fast forward six years later, that is all my company does. So 43 clients in five different countries, all in cannabis. Wow, that is so amazing. <laughs> how did so? How did you go from that one client to where you are now? I mean, what was the what was the span of time, and how did that sort of evolve? You know, I think it probably all happened within a year, and um, it was so fast forward, you guys. It was so crazy because the cannabis industry. You know, I was at the beginning of it, you know, six years ago when it was just really starting to ramp up yeah. Colorado and all that. And um, it was just in a frenzy. And when we did a su- successful campaign um, for the Grow Light, you know, people who were trying to get these products and that type of thing off the ground, these brands, um, they were just coming to us left and right. And at the time, wow. there was really no uh, marketing company that was specializing in it mm-hmm. specifically. Today, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few of us, but, um, you know, it just, it was all the right time, the right place, just everything, so. Well, and there was a big risk for you there, right? Because although you were into mm-hmm. cannabis and Liz is into cannabis, there are a lot of people who aren't into cannabis. So for you to, like, take the risk and say, yeah, I'm going to be in it all the way was a big business risk for you with obviously a great return, but, um you know, it, it, I'm sure it was hard to make that decision to say, okay, I want to create my whole business around one particular industry. It was, it was. But you know what? I tried to see, um, you know, the the forest through the trees. You know, I tried to see that, okay, this is, we're, we are only going to see this once in a lifetime. You know, you, mm-hmm. me, we're only going to see this once. It's like prohibition, you know? And something like this is only going to happen once. And, you know, I, I saw that, I recognized that, and, yeah, it was a risk, but it was a risk that I thought would be worth taking. And oddly mm-hmm. enough, at the, around the same time, um, I was, it was very close in timing. It was really odd. It was, it was really kind of weird. But I was, uh, I woke up one morning, and I was numb from my waist down. I just could not feel anything from my waist down. And I went into the emergency room, and 18 hours later, um, they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis with MS. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and put me in an ambulance, shipped me up to Stanford. It was just all crazy. And this was around the same exact time. And, you know, when I started these infusions and stuff for the MS at the time to get the, the, the flare-up, you know, to go away, and I was sitting in that infusion room with so many people in Stanford who were taking so many pharmaceutical, you know, mm-hmm. drugs and, and that sort of thing, and, and everybody was going through their own thing, and, and I, I was sitting next to this, this guy, and it was an older, older man, and he said, you know... He said, people don't know, they don't do, have to do half of this if they just take a little CBD. And mm-hmm. at the time, I wasn't really familiar with CBD or the cannabinoids too much because, you know, all this was just starting. And I thought, you know, this is just all too weird. It's just everything kind of fell in its place. And um, 
And mm. so it was not only a business risk, but it was a it became a personal passion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, and you yeah. immediately saw a need um, from personal experience, which probably helped solidify the fact that, you know, if you had this need, I'm sure there were other people in the world who would have a similar need for the medical side of it. Absolutely. And, you know, then after it was interesting, one of our clients that came on board, he specifically made um, uh, an oil of a, a specific ratio and strains and things like that, that was helping kids, little kids with Gervais syndrome. And it was a specific strain, a proprietary strain that he had created and the ratio with CBD and this and the entourage effect and this and that. And his medication, his oil, was just helping these kids with Gervais syndrome just dramatically. And so I thought, you know, this, is this really going on? Is this right? Is this this and that? So I, he put me in touch with several mothers of kids with Dravet syndrome and that were giving this to their children. And one of the ladies, her kids were in their 20s. The girl was in their 20s. One was the child was two. And as I talked to these mothers, they were almost like, um, you know, I don't want to say cult, but they were so... I mean, it was just like an amazing experience. These mothers were like, I've tried everything. I've tried Mm -hmm. everything. And Mm -hmm. the only thing that's working is this oil. That's the only thing. My child was having 63 seizures a day, and now they're having two a week. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. um, It was just, you know, there was so much involved that, you know, yes, I'm a capitalist. It's a business. But at the same time, it was a personal passion a lot, too. Yeah, that's that's those are amazing stories. I'm always blown away when I hear stories like that and wish they were more mainstream um, because cannabis is a healing drug and a healing plant, you know, um, and I'm certainly an advocate and enthusiast. So um, we're going to take a quick break and we're talking to Celeste, uh, Celeste Miranda of the Cannabis Marketing Lab. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about her business and her model and how it all works. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold. And we are talking to Celeste Miranda, who is of the Cannabis Marketing Lab. Um, so, Celeste, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business, how big you are? Um, do you have employees? Are they remote? Are they local? Absolutely. So, over the past six years of being cannabis-specific, we've you know, obviously grown in increments. Um, and the way we – well, currently we have like 43 clients in five different countries. We have a staff of 22 um, currently. And we are a remote model. And the way that works is, it was interesting, we are located in San Luis Obispo, um, California, and, you know, our, our labor pool, and as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm sure others can relate to this, our labor pool wasn't the best because we're in a small area, kind of um, a resort destination, and so... Um, I was in an office and just having a hard time really with the labor pool that I wanted, that type of thing. And I thought, right. as I was finding people that were perfect for the positions, they were in L.A., they were in San Francisco, they were in New York, they were here, they were there. Um, you know, I really reevaluated things and said, I believe that we can do this not under one roof. And, of course, it saves a lot of overhead and that sort of thing, but that wasn't the true reason at the time. You know, it was, it was more the labor pool that I wanted. The hand, I wanted to hand-select my team members to, to make this work. And so I talked to him, one of my mentors, and he was doing it at the time, and, and he said, you know, I wouldn't do it any other way. He said, you just have to make sure you set it up right. You have to make sure you use the proper project management system, you know, that sort of thing. You get the right people who have the discipline to work remotely. And, you know, you put your team together like that. And so I set out to do that, and um, it's worked well. It does have its own challenges, um, but I think it's if you find the right people that are able to um, have the discipline to work that way, um, I think it's one of the best ways you can work. Doing what we do, we can do it from anywhere. It's mostly digital marketing. And so that's the type of uh, type of business model we we set out and to so do. And it, it's what well. have you done? And so what have you done to kind of help your culture kind of evolve, considering you are 
um, you know, remote and stuff. So how do you how do you keep that culture the way you want it and not let it kind of evolve? Or do do you know what I mean? Just let it take over, right? So because it's it's culture is a hard thing to do, even when people are sitting next to you. So how do you keep that culture going remotely? You know, I think mainly with that, it's you probably have to be more hands on than you would if you were all sitting next to each other under one roof. I think, I I don't want to use the word micromanage, and I hate micromanaging, but I think that with a remote model, you have to be more involved in things than you would in a traditional office setting. Um, I think it's really important to have meetings like Skype, where you're face-to-face, even if it's through the screen. You know, we do that often. We're on Basecamp. We use Basecamp, and our Basecamp is, that's like just, if it wasn't for Basecamp, I don't know what I would do, you guys, because we're so connected via Basecamp, all of us, that it almost is like our little virtual office building, literally. And, um, you know, I think that through those, using those types of tools, that's the best way that you can possibly keep a culture going. And just, I think as a leader of the company, you just really need to um, stay the course. And when you see people or, or anyone on your staff kind of veering off, I think it, it's, it's important that you be proactive and bring them back on course and, and remind them of the company culture and where you want to go, you know, that type of thing. Hey, you guys, I'm back. I got bounced off the land of technology. <laughs> um <laughs> So, so now that like, um, I guess you've grown significantly, what was the size of your agency before you made the switch to the cannabis industry? Three people. And so how have you dealt with this crazy growth, um, you know, over the past few years? Cause, um, to go from three people to 22 and, um, you know, in, in five or six years, that's a lot of, that's a lot of growth. <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, but add on top of it the remote model. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, it's been interesting. And here's the thing is I never wanted my client to feel any of our growing pains. That was the most important thing to me. And so the minute I I had, the minute my, let's say, uh, one of my graphic designers, let's say the minute she became overwhelmed and it was taking her more than 48 hours to turn something around, I knew that I had to get another person because I never wanted my clients to feel that growing pain. So then I would hire a part-time person to help her. Well, before you know it, there's more work, more work going to that part-time person than they're a full-time person. And then, you know, once it's taking those two people more than 48 hours to turn something around, I know I needed another one. And so I think the driving force for me and the indicator for me was to uh, just not allow my clients to feel my growing pains. And so as I, and it was a fine balance, and it is for any entrepreneur or startup, you know, is hiring versus your income. And so, you know, in addition to that, if I had to hire more staff because, you know, of our turnaround time on projects or something like that, I maybe also knew that I had to go out and get another client. Right. And so, um, so you know, did you ever of, get outside kind of capital? 
did you ever get outside capital or did you um, self-fund the growth through clients? I self-funded. Wow. That, I mean, that's really incredible because, um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest problems entrepreneurs have is it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you hire first right. or do you get a client first? Do you hire first or do you get a client first, right? And mm-hmm. um, because you want capacity, but yet like someone has to pay for the for the labor. So um, did you do anything unique with pricing or with, um, you know, when clients sign on, did you make them do deposits or especially like dealing with an industry that may not always be um, on the up and up and has to deal a lot in cash and stuff like that. How did you, Mm -hmm. how did you manage to put those internal controls like into your business so that you knew that you would get paid for the work that you did and like those kinds of things? I love this question. (laughs) It is a good one. You know, the one thing that I have to say is that the the caveat to this industry, and I think the most challenging part of growing up in it, in the early stages of it, was that everyone in this industry is a startup, you guys. Like, everyone. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's the, the state of the industry. It's brand new. And so, as I would hire... I would go out and get more clients and this sort of thing. And then the hardest part was that you would have two clients who fell off because they didn't get the investor they thought they were going to get. Mm-hmm. And and that was more frequent than definitely than other industries. And so and it was just because of everyone was a startup. And so investment investors are falling through this and that and so that, and here I had just hired two more people, you know, and so that put a very interesting twist on it. But one of the things in ways of pricing, I think, that helped me was that, you know, we're not cookie cutter at all. You know, I made it very custom to our clients. So if our clients wanted, um, they needed a logo, they needed a website, they needed SEO, they did not need email marketing, they didn't need video, They, you know, and so... It was kind of a which, what of my services do you need? And then we custom tailored that to them. And then we were able to grow with them and add services on. So I sort of priced it like that. But the one thing I did that really helped was that I priced it out so that the first 30 days was a different price as the monthly price thereafter. And that's because in the first 30 days, it takes a lot more work from my firm as mm-hmm. opposed to being on a maintenance um, sort of sort of protocol thereafter. I mean, we need to um, create social media. We need to do the branding. We need to do the standard manuals. We need to do the website. So there was always kind of a lump sum in that first 30 days as opposed to the maintenance cycle thereafter. Right, because you have mm-hmm. a lot of, like, startup stuff that you have to get them all associated with or connected exactly. to. And, all, and so then I guess the other piece of that question was, is not only um, were they startups that you were dealing with, um, but the whole money um, thing going on with banks and like um, in the marijuana industry and not being able to have bank accounts and like all of that stuff that's kind of evolved the regulatory piece of it um, from from a money standpoint. So did people pay you in cash or how did that work? You know, we're an ancillary service. So we were not touching the plant. Okay. So it was a bit different for us. So we were able, we're able to use bank accounts, we're able to do that sort of thing. But 
for so many of our clients, they're not. You know, we have chains of dispensaries, you know, all over the world. And, and these dispensaries, everything's cash. So then that meant they needed to pay us in cash. Um, and so we did not have to pay anyone necessarily in cash because of being an ancillary business, but definitely the clients that had hands-on with the plant, um, they had uh-huh. to pay us in cash. So it has been interesting for, for sure. <laughs> when you get, Right, you know, and my accounting hat sits on, like, puts on, and I'm thinking, hmm, internal controls, right? So, <laughs> um, so it, it's so interesting to me just from, like, the accounting and the tax perspective of it. And I know, like, you, you're connected to the industry and you're not dealing with the, the tax laws exactly. But, again, how mm-hmm. it all kind of flushes out and then the cash, the the cash market does affect your business. Um, yeah. So that that's just really interesting to me. And and how um, you know, like you don't create an invoice for them and have them pay by credit card, right? So did you like have people come in with cash to pay you, or did they mail you cash, or they would write checks it, to you? Or <laughs> you know, I have to I have to say that because we're an ancillary business and we don't touch the plant. There's a lot of our clients are the same way. So those clients okay. were able to just invoice, they pay, pay via credit card, that sort of thing. A lot of our clients are in the testing and scientific end of things. Mm-hmm. So they create extraction machines or they create testing machines, that, that type of thing. And so they can easily pay us, you know, via credit card or whatever, paying invoice every month. But... With that said, some of our clients are cultivators. Some of us, they're, some of them are large growers. So yeah, sometimes you're going to get a FedEx with a with a cash payment to to your door. It's 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 quite interesting. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's kind of cool too, right? So it, <laughs> it it's just a, it's a whole new um, it's a whole new space, and it's 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 interesting because the regulatory stuff on it isn't all figured out yet either. So like as you're as your clients are going through um, changes to their own business, I'm sure it indirectly affects you um, it because does. the whole industry. It does. And it's involved. interesting because, you know, even like, for instance, on California coming up, um, you know, it's California is coming up, and that's a whole topic, but I mean, California is coming up with so many different regs and rules um, for their, their um, cannabis program going wreck on January 1st. And it's they're, they are doing things that are so different than any other state has done and that will make it even more interesting. Um, you know, so they're using the whole alcohol model, you know, where it has to, products have to be sold through a distributor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like the alcohol industry. So a, a client of ours or a product in the industry cannot just sell directly to a dispensary. Um, you're going to have to go through a di- distributor. So how that works out, no state's done that. So how that works out, that's going to be interesting because it changes all of your marketing model from a B2B to a B2C, you know? Huh. Wow, so that, I mean, that's really cool. That And do you like all this change going on? Or do you like, are you kind of like, oh, back in the old days when I was just a regular marketing agency, you know, I knew what was happening. You know, there's days where you want to kill self, for sure. But, I mean, you know, it's constantly. Like, that is no joke, you guys. You can have certain regs today, and you're doing packaging for a client, and they can completely change tomorrow, and all that packaging is just trash that you just did. You have to completely mm-hmm. change it. And 
It's very interesting. It literally changes week by week. And, um, you know, but that's part of being the, in this emerging market, you know. But it, yeah, it's crazy. And it definitely is different. And not only that, but you got to realize that it's not legal federally. So every state is different. Every state has their own rules and regs. In Colorado, you may be able to do this. In California, you can't. In Massachusetts, you can. Or it's even different yet. And then, to add on to that, we deal with five different countries. Mm. So, you you have to know everything going on. So, wow, that's just, that's a lot of um, change management happening within your your agency. So, we have to take uh, a quick break. A break, but when we come back, we'll talk more to Celeste Miranda about her marketing agency. Stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Celeste Miranda from the Cannabis Marketing Lab. Um, and we've been talking all about her digital marketing agency that offers a whole range of services. So, Celeste, um, when you, you have like a whole bunch of different clients across the whole cannabis industry, how do you find clients? I mean, how do you seal the deal with clients? 
you have a special sauce? Do you have like what's your what's your approach? You know, I, with this industry being so new, it was it was interesting to watch because some people, entrepreneurs and, and marketing people, entered it. You know, charging really super high prices. You know, and they were going mm-hmm. after the Marleys, the this, the that. You know, the industry. I never really wanted to do that. You know, I, I wanted to come into it, and I wanted to help the entrepreneurs. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to grow with them, and I think that's what made us different. You know, I came in casual. I didn't come in glass and brass and all this. I came in casual, and I wanted to grow with them, and so I charged decent prices, and. You know, I was able to, like I said earlier, scope things out that they needed now. And then as we grew, we, were, we added things on. Um, and I just really came into the industry with a work, work, work method, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, overusing the, the, you know, current flashy terms, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that type of method really helped first of all. Um, and second of all, I, you know, I, I think people underestimate LinkedIn. You would be amazed at how much of the cannabis industry is on LinkedIn. Hmm. And I actually um, procured a lot of business through that one source, believe it or not. It was pretty amazing. Did um, you just I think on top directly? of that, uh, yeah. conferences... I actually spoke, uh, you know, I speak at a lot of conferences, and, you know, I understand that a lot of times you're not paid for that, it's a volunteer of your time, that sort of thing, but I have secured a lot of business off of speaking at conferences um, of people who heard me and, um, you know, were in the audience, and probably the last thing would be just networking, you know, I know so many people in this industry. And I had one call the other day where a guy called me and he said, hi, I just want to, I don't really need marketing. I just want to buy your contact. And I thought, that is so strange. This is the weirdest (laughs) call I've ever had. And so, you know, like any industry, um, a lot of it is about who knows who and who's working with who and that sort of thing. So you also you also do a you have a magazine and you have a radio show. Did that just sort of naturally come out of what you were doing um, with the agency? It did, and you know the magazine um, started out as as just a magazine about cannabis marketing um, that we were mm-hmm. doing when we started um, the business, and it's evolved in into. Um, a couple of other publications that um, are doing very well um, that I'm involved in for the industry. And that, um, you know, it's been an invaluable resource to people, entrepreneurs and, and, you know, business people who are trying to get into the cannabis industry. The radio show, um, we partnered with uh, BDS Analytics for that. That's been great. They um, go over all kinds of data for the industry. Um, and so, you know, it's been interesting, and, and I try to always kind of diversify. I think that anybody in, in a business position, in an entrepreneurial position, um, I, I know there's only so many hours in a day, and you want to, you know, focus them on, on, on your main goals, but I think that, 
you, there's a point that you come to that you really need to try to, to, to diversify. And even if it's, you know, I'm not saying outside of your business of what you do, but find other outlets within that industry um, that are underserviced. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times that will make your original venture even stronger. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. You know, it's like pioneering the way. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what is your? What do you spend your days doing? What? How do you? Um, what do you focus your time on? I'm on base camp <laughs> most of the day. Yeah, um, you know, it's yeah. interesting managing a staff of 22 <laughs> remotely is interesting. Um, you know, you're constantly talking to your team. Um, on base camp and about different things that need to be done. And, you know, it's interesting. You have, you know, your graphic design team preparing images for a new website, you know, and so they're doing the images. You're getting them to the, the web designers, you know, then your, your, you know, SEO guy needs, you know, is doing all kinds of backlinks. He needs to get into websites, so he's working with the web design. So you have, you know, you're just managing your team, making sure everybody has access to what they need. Um, making sure clients aren't waiting too long for things. I try not to spend too much time on the phone in the course mm-hmm. of the day. That does not work very well for me, but um, because I, I usually do end up having a lot of people who say, you know, can I just talk to you for a minute? But I find <laughs> that right. for what we do, um, if I spend too much time on the phone, it just is a time zapper. And, yeah, you know, because I can do, you know, three emails at the same time I'm working base camp, at the same time I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, as opposed to being on the phone. Um, it's just for me personally, that's, that's just a time zapper for me. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I've heard, I've heard good things about base camp. I've actually used it. So, um, Definitely a tool businesses can check out. Um, so do you, what I love about your website, I love your website, by the way. Who, who did you, you do that? Obviously, probably internally. Um, we did, yeah. But yeah, the bios, I, I really encourage everybody to go check the website out because um, it's really well done. And um, I just want to read something from the website. We combine corporate and boutique marketing, give it a casual spin, and toss it at the cannabis industry for an optical identity that will gain exposure for your brand. Yeah, so really crystal clear. So, so when your clients, customers, sorry, when your customers come to you, are, you know, are they, is there a more common service um, that you're doing or is it just run the gamut? You know, I would probably say the one thing that, that everyone takes, um, you know, every client that we have takes is social media. And interestingly okay. enough, you know, we have a VP of social media, and under her she has, I think, four or five social media coordinators. And we usually post twice a day, six days a week for our clients. Mm-hmm. Those post, posting times will vary because they'll play with it and find the times where there's most interaction, that sort of thing. And so I think probably the thing that, that most, that, that is a com, that, that's a common factor with all of our clients is the social media uh, module. And, you know, I think uh, what a lot of companies don't realize too, or small businesses, is that a lot of them come to us and they want to just be so self-promotional. 
you know, they want to just promote, promote themselves, their product, this, 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 that, like 24-7. And I think it's it's been challenging educating people to understand social media and understand that you cannot do 100% self-promotion on social media. You're going to lose your audience. You're going to lose your clients. You know, you've got to talk about some industry news. People need to, to, to think, believe, you know, that, that you care about the industry. You've got to add a bit of humor. You know, you've got to add this, and it has to be that certain cocktail. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think business owners sometimes miss that, that hit. So, Celeste, I guess if you had any, um, like, uh, things that you've done that you – I'll say mistakes or things that you could have done differently, learning experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. What would be some of, what would be one thing that you've learned along this journey of significant growth? You know, that's an interesting question. I think that it would probably be, it is so easy. I'm sure as you guys know to, let expenses get out of control and to have too much overhead on your business. And I think that what made us greatly successful is finding the balance between what we were bringing in and what we were putting out. And I think too many entrepreneurs focus on just income and don't, really catch, you know, and as, you know, from a financial background, you would understand, I'm sure, but they don't catch that expense portion that you really, and it's very hard, but you really need to watch the money going out and how those expenses are working. And I think that if something is not saving you, something you're spending money on is not saving you money or making you money, I think you need to reevaluate it. Right, to make sure your overhead doesn't overtake you. Right, exactly, because that's so easy to do. It's so easy. Right, it, it is easy. And um, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors um, and Intuit, because they do help a lot with managing income and expenses. Um, but we're going to have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll learn more from Celeste Miranda about her can- about her company, the Cannabis Marketing Lab. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. 
Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 472 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I am here, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. Um, and our guest today is Celeste Miranda. She is the founder of the Cannabis Marketing Lab, um, and we've been talking all about uh, digital marketing for cannabis entrepreneurs and how Celeste does that. And so, Celeste, so tell us, you know, what what's going to happen? What do you foresee happening um, in the cannabis industry uh, in the next year to two years? You know, it's it's so interesting because obviously the, it's it's changing so fast and and that sort of thing. But I I think what what people need to realize is that it currently is the fastest growing industry um, in the United States. And it... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, every day I hear from farmers who are taking out their corn crops (laughs) and wanting to put in cannabis, you know, and things like that. And, um, you know, I get calls from interns a lot, you know, just graduating college, graduating school of marketing degrees, you know, and they, and they're saying, and I mean, I get several of these a week saying, I know I want to get into the cannabis industry because, you know, that is, that to me is going to be where it's at. It's going to be where I can experience, experience the most success. And I think anyone who recognizes that is steps above the game to begin with and, and, mm-hmm. um, and so I think anyone who's looking to get into an industry where there's so much potential, such an untapped market, and so much more to go, um, I think it's a really smart move. And in the next couple of years, we're going to see more and more states um, legalize it. You know, right now, you know, either states, I think there's only three or four states that have no type of regulation at all. But uh, there's so many states that have the medical. I think there's five states now that are rec approved. Um, And we're going to be seeing more and more of those come through. California on January 1, um, I think, will completely change the market with 40 million people. That will be a market changer. And I think that's what so many people are waiting for. Um, You know, the administration, the current administration, interesting. 
Um, you know, there's talk about what they're going to try to, to do federally, what they're going to try to stop, you know, with sessions and, and, and this and that. And, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But, um, you know, I think as the regulation sets state by state, eventually it'll push um, a federal rollover. I think that's inevitable. Um, I don't think that it's uh, anytime real soon. You know, but I think in, in five, six years that, that that'll happen. And, you know, I, I also think that the industry is going to turn mainstream, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that happen now. And there's going to be an overtake of the small companies by larger pharmaceutical companies coming into the industry, you know. And there's going to be a gobble up of all these original little companies, um, you know, when these different larger mainstream companies see that it's safe enough um, mm. to get in and, and make a play. So I definitely think that, um, you know, it's a bright future ahead. And I definitely think there'll be bumps. Um, but I think in 2018, how California plays out, um, I think that'll rule the rest of the market for the next couple of years. Wow, that's an amazing snapshot. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so where do you see the Cannabis Marketing Lab fitting into all that? How, how do you want to grow? You know, I, I want to grow carefully. And, mm-hmm. you know, early on in the business, early on in anyone's business, you take what comes, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to survive. And um, we're at the point where we can be more selective. Um, you know, I don't want to be the company that, no offense, but that markets bongs and all this kind of thing. I want to be the mm-hmm. company that is more of a pioneer in the genetics, in the, the testing, mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the scientific, the cannabinoid end of the business, that sort of thing. These brands with great B2C brands and, you know, putting those on the shelf so people recognize them. And so I see us being, um, continuing to be casual. I never want to change that. Um, But continuing to put out hard, good work and being selective on who we partner with. Because you know, as a business owner, you know right out the gate, Liz, if you're going to jive with someone or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I want those people we're going to jive with. And because anything else is a struggle. And right. struggle doesn't help anyone, you know? No, it really doesn't. It does not help to lighten the load. <laughs> um, right. So, so, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, um, we have to wrap up a little bit, but you know, in a little bit, but tell us a little bit about the Cannabis Cultural Association and what you're doing with them. They're a great group based out of the East Coast. Um, I am on the Board of Advisors for them. They are really just trying to, to bring in um, uh, a type of ethnicity balance into the industry. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys would be amazed, but our typical client is a 55 to 60-year-old white male who has retired early because he's had his heyday in some other business. And this industry is lucrative enough to bring him out of that bring him back in for one last hurrah to make. Wow. <laughs> to make Amazing. Is it? That's our typical client. 
And wow. so that's kind of the majority of the industry right now. So it's great that um, the Cultural Association is bringing in diversity into the industry yeah. and really promoting that. And, and women are really starting to take their place in the industry as well. So that's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, so we have to wrap up, but uh, Celeste, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here on the show and, and dealing with the technical difficulties. Um, and <laughs> everyone, you know, you can get in touch with us at um, Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Um, anything else, Jody? So where are we going to be next week? We're going to be live. We're going to be live two days straight at right. um, the the Engage event. So you can tune into Voice America all day long on both on both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and listen to us talk to um, some of the most interesting accountants in the world. Right, Liz? <laughs> yes, that's true. And um, yeah, and don't forget, check out the Cannabis Marketing Lab. They're all over the internet on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think a simple Google will get you there. Um, and yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Celeste. And, uh, I look forward to, you know, a lot of things regarding cannabis in the future. So, <laughs> thank, so. You. thank you. It's been, it's been fun. And, uh, yeah, anybody wants to do, uh, contact me. You can also reach me at Celeste at the cannabis marketing lab.com. Our website's thecannabismarketinglab.com. And if anybody's looking to learn a lot about the industry, check out um, a world conference coming up in 2018, Terpenes and Testing World Conference. That would be a good place to, uh, to start. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks, you guys. so much for tuning in to let's get radical please join liz gold and jody paydar again next tuesday morning at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern time on the voice america business channel this week it's time for you to get radical radical